Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Good, man. It is uh, Arctic Blast uh, 2019. Everyone up north is uh, complaining about, you know, like, oh, negative 60. And I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. I know. Yeah. I know. Ours, our, I think we dropped to like 47 during the day yesterday. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Horrible. I had to put snow tires on. Exactly. <laughs> I, I had to think about, yeah, I had to think <laughs> about putting snow tires on. It was weird. <laughs> But I didn't uh, have to. It was so good. No arguments there. That's awesome. Speaking of arguments, I heard about this long, lifelong argument. Um, and, and actually, no, we can get to that. We can get to that later on because we got some good news for you. Yes, we do. So the uh, exciting stuff coming up, we have the uh, conference, uh, Known Legacy Conference coming up uh, first weekend in March. And uh, if you're one of the top first 100 to sign up, you enter into a raffle rally kind of thing. And um, here's the cool thing. Uh, we have breakouts for whatever season of life you are in. Yeah, You know, whether age. you got preschoolers or you got high schoolers or you got empty nesters, whatever it is, we, we have breakouts for you. And if you go to our Facebook page, Known Legacy Facebook page, um, you can see all of these breakout speakers kind of give like a one-minute commercial yeah. about what they're going to talk about. And I think that's... That was helpful for Tara and I, and uh, so we're excited. Um, so if you haven't signed up yet, sign up, uh, knownlegacy.org slash events, Yes, and uh, you can get all the information there. Basically, it's a date night. It's $30 yeah. per person, and uh, it includes a concert. It includes dinner, and uh, you know, from this point forward, it'll change your life, and it'll change your parenting, and it'll hopefully change your marriage. Yeah, change your legacy. That's kind of our goal in this, and so... <sighs> We are looking forward to what God has in store. Uh, we got up some excited speakers who are ready to come down here. You know, we, we, we made this uh, statement that we had uh, over 100 years of ministry experience. When I started counting up you and, uh, you know, the, the pastor from, from New York, my buddy in Midland, just all those guys, just so much experience. That, uh, so you're flying guys in from around the nation. Well, yeah, we're sending them in from all over Texas, uh, upstate in New England area, coming yeah. in. So it's going to be a good, a good conference to get away. <laughs> Who's doing the concert? Uh, Matt Hammett, who formerly is the lead singer is he in of the, Sanctus the TV Real. show uh, Top Gear from. Uh, no, no, that'd be awesome. Hammett. Well, that's his last name. Maybe they're related. Maybe you never know. I I should ask him, but no. Uh, Matt is the former lead singer of Sanctus Real, and now he does his own stuff. Actually, right now he's on tour with uh, Kirk Cameron. Really? Yeah, he does a lot with Kirk Cameron and, and his uh, I think living room growing uh, pains. Well, yeah, well, kind of growing. I guess <laughs> I guess you could say we have. You know, we're going to bring you through some growing pains as well <laughs> as parents. And uh, I'll help you out. So, uh, you know, but yeah, it'll it'll be a good time. You're going to want to sign up, sign up today. Uh, the first, as you said, the first hundred get put into that drawing for a $150 movie gift card and a bag of known legacy swag. Awesome. So is swag still a word we use? I'm, I'm going with it. Okay, good. I, I like it. I like it. So it'll be a good time. So um, listening to uh, the radio the other day. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things like I, I've listened to this band a hundred times. Cake. You know, okay. great name for a band, by the way. 
Yeah, uh, I want cake because we're doing like Whole Foods <laughs> right now, and cake sounds really good. <laughs> cake sounds fantastic. So, anyways, I'm listening to him, and uh, the song "I Will Survive" comes on, right? And you know, the song "I Will Survive" was like this anthem for women in the '70s and '80s or whatever it came yeah. out, which is great. You know, it's about this breakup, and you know, yeah. um, I will survive. Hey, hey, walk out the door. Just turn around now. You're not welcome anymore. You're really okay. good at that. Well, you know, I've worked on my female vocals. I actually back up sing for Celine Dion. Celine? Celine Dion? Whatever. <laughs> that's the that's the younger, <laughs> that's like the fake, the fake Celine Dion. Celine Dion. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's off Vegas. It's actually in Tahoe, Reno. It's in you know? Reno. Yeah. Celine Dion. <laughs> Come see me. And uh, I was a backup uh, dancer for them until I. Uh, anyways, um, we'll stop. So <laughs> anyway, another I was listening story. to that song, but it was uh, the the cake version. Which if yeah. you haven't listened to it, listen to it. And what struck me for this first time, and I've listened to the song a hundred times. I, I really enjoy. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, the bass line. Yeah. Redefined that song. Yeah. And it was like, it, like if you listen to most music, the bass is there, but it's not the prominent thing. Yeah. It's just kind of behind the scenes. Mm. But what I realized is that the band Cake really took that behind the scenes important sound yeah. and elevated to something much more important. Yeah. And it actually helped redefine that song and like bring it new life. And I'm like going, oh my gosh. And so I've been on this Cake Kick for... Uh, cake Kick. Cake Kick. Also doing Whole30, so I can't eat it, but I can listen to it. <laughs> the non-Cake Kick. <laughs> and I'm probably still... Gaining weight listening know, to the band. That's the worst cake. thing about it. It's kind of like uh, God moving in your life. It's like the baseline. You mm. know, sometimes you don't see it. This we could make this roll today. We could just do that. Absolutely. So, um, so what we want to talk about today is this. Uh, uh, it's hard being married. Like the first yeah. few years are fantastic because you're like, you know, it's just it's fun. You know, yeah. you're, you're figuring yeah. each other out. You have these fights about little silly things like toilet paper and and you know yeah, that was that argument we we're going to talk about right um and, and you know but at the end of the day you're like going, oh but i'm married you know and, yeah. and you know it's just fun and and whatever and then all of a sudden it, it moves from this like intimacy relationship thing to like this business partnership and uh i, I think this happens a lot particularly when kids come on board because the schedule becomes so dominant and the the caring for other and the, the routine and just the needs of the family to make the family work becomes yeah. so yeah. intense and and it is hard to maintain that kind of intimate relationship with our spouse um for the long haul and that's what i i think we want to process yeah, today yeah, is yeah, like how absolutely. do we how do we reinvest in our relationships with our spouses how do we reinvest in the relationships with our wives in such a way that um yeah, in such a way that we're there for the long haul, not just um, you know finding ourselves in a hard situation where one of us is singing "I Will Survive" karaoke <laughs> alone on a Thursday night, wondering where all of our friends are. And then that thing about the toilet roll when you like <laughs> when you're sitting down and you look over and you're like, oh, "Come on!" You're, like, you're at the point now where you're flipping it over and you're like, "Now you're doing it out of spite because you're like, right. I'm going to show them, <laughs> right? You know?" And uh, and then and then you know we talked about this a long time ago, but the back rub pursuit. So we're talking about when you're in the kitchen and you just start to to like rub the back and you're like is this gonna be a good day or a bad day and you're like oh it's a bad day it's a bad day i'm gonna just stay up and watch band of brothers or something no 
<laughs> but I think I think we don't want to get you there. And I know so many guys get stuck there. It's like, oh, where do I go? And and we are not coming at this as experts. So we're just coming at this to start a conversation. But uh, but you know, as talking to a lot of other guys, you know, you, you hear those phrases like, "Well, sex starts in the kitchen," right? And you're like, "I hope so." Kind of gross, but okay. Well, maybe not. <laughs> you never know. But then, so hey, if if you're that kind of person, and so anyways, I mean, I think it. But but this concept of you know, it starts long before you get to the bedroom, and so. But so many guys are like, "Wait, dude, I'm way beyond even starting in the kitchen. We're just trying to figure out how not to fight and go to bed, you right. know." And, right. And so, how do we get there? And I, I guess we want to walk through some of that today, right? So um, one of the, the thoughts that I had, so Super Bowl's coming up, and uh, you're probably going to, we're going to release this podcast after the Super Bowl, but it's yeah. on my mind, and um, you know, it's the Patriots versus the Rams. Yes. Wah, wah. No. And, you know, the Saints are still mad about a call that didn't go their way, and, yeah. and you know, Kansas City is... Uh, just freezing so they don't have any emotions <laughs> right like, now they're just trying just to survive so cold. it's a negative i just saw a post that's a negative five right now <laughs> right. in kansas city <gasps> they're truly living the i will survive i will <laughs> survive you know um but but you know one of the things that strikes me about tom brady and i think it plays into this um conversation a little bit is um i'm a huge green bay packer fan and so i love watching uh you know brett Favre, who had these amazing you know, just athletic throws. And then we got to Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, um, I love him and hate him at the same time, you know. And, and what I noticed this year with Aaron Rodgers particularly is, for whatever reason, he felt like every throw had to be a touchdown throw. Mm. So he would stay in the pocket way too long. He would never be content with the five, uh, you know, the, the check down throw for yeah. two yards or four yards. He always wanted to go for the first down or the touchdown. The Hail, and the Hail Mary stuff because, you know, that's where his glory comes from, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was so frustrating to see that. But I think what Tom Brady does so brilliantly is that dude is, is content with, like, two yards. Mm-hmm. If it's there, or he's content with ten yards. If it's there, he just he wants to keep the ball moving forward. And I think for us in our in our marriages, the reality is most of us guys are overly consumed with the touchdown. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we we do what we do, thinking, ah, this will get me the touchdown. Correct, correct. And when we don't get the touchdown, we can become bitter, we can become resentful, or we yeah. can become um, closed off. We can just say, well, screw it, I'm not going to engage in this at all. Because, correct. You know, I, I, I finally put a date on the calendar for my wife, and we got home, and we just went to sleep. What's that? She all should about? appreciate everything I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And and I think we need to shift from this um, to be really dorky sports. Aaron Roger approach of always thrown for the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To learn what it is in a relationship for the long haul, to invest in the the two yards and the five yards and the ten yards and just say, you know what? I don't need I don't need to worry about the touchdown because if I invest in the small things for the first down, yeah, that will happen eventually. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and and I think that's a big mind shift for us that that would be really helpful maybe as we talk about how do we re-engage in this relationship with our spouse that's become nothing more than a business partnership, um, and how do we re-engage in the intimacy that we long for? Yeah, I was uh, I was at a conference one time listening to this uh, guy who had a conversation with John John Wooten, you know, famous basketball coach, you right. know, and so and Ooh. he had yeah he had he had made the statement that he asked me he said how did you get the wins. And obviously, he has so much wisdom. If you ever heard anything from from John Wooten, you'd just be, you know, there's so much that he has to offer. But at this point, he said, what helped us win was straight lines versus banana patterns. 
I have no clue what that means. Okay, by the way. so 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 when when and again, I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I love this analogy. You're like five foot eight, yeah. ginger. How are uh, you not a basketball I'm guy? Five foot eleven, <laughs> still a ginger. So, but anyways, and I could I, never do anything I'm but the really shocked. cool shots. I am you know, shocked. Those like over the arm kind of shots, and so, and when I when I played defense, I was always like I would always foul people because I just was like I just got to play football instead. You know, what I'm saying like this is not good. So so anyway, Bill, he, you have to stop tackling people <laughs> in line. What this isn't the game. This isn't how it happens. I two hand touched him. He should be down. Exactly, should be down. So, but anyways, moving on. He said, "Can you explain that about straight lines versus banana patterns?" He said, "I we teach our guys not to win the game, but to run straight patterns versus running any kind of curved pattern to the to to, to move in in the game. So it actually shaves off parts of seconds in that." And he said, "If my guys learn to run straight patterns versus banana patterns, it it changes the game for them." So he was worried about the short game, and in the short game, he knew that if he won the short game, he'd win the long game. Now, our our wives are not just pursuits to win, right? Right. But the idea of the little things, and I guess that's what I want to talk about today. You know, it starts actually before the kitchen. You know, it starts with it starts with letting go of the bitterness and frustration you have right now because maybe it's been a while. You right. Know? Right. And so, so take take a breather right now, calm down, and process, and begin to to look at this not as a give and take. But as just simply a give right. kind of relationship. And so kind of uh, to take that uh, idea just a little bit, um, what I would encourage is um, rather than like it is easy to approach the sexuality and sex as a selfish thing because that's what our culture has programmed us to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sex has to be seen as a serving thing, not a selfish thing. And a lot of times when I've become bitter or resentful because maybe I wasn't, you know, I had this preconceived idea of like, oh, this is how many times we should be, if that means whatever. Correct. Um, and, and that number wasn't being hit. I would become resentful. And what, what God often sh- was shaking me, I was like, you're approaching this as a, as a serve me yeah. instead of as a servant. Yeah. And, and that's one of the key things that I think we as dudes need to shift away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to make that, make that much more healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think a lot of this starts with with kind of where where we are. So so we got this pent up anger and aggression and frustration and then, you know, again, you walk into the kitchen at night and you're like, hmm, you know, just kind of rub you rub by somebody, you know, and you're like, maybe. And then you get that you know, kind of push, stop, you know, and, and then you say something slide remark and something slide and all of a sudden there's this wall that goes up and you're just yes. like, you're just angry. And then you're like yelling at everybody and because the end result was we didn't really join her in her journey. We didn't really join her. And so I think there's some positive ways that we can do this, some simple things that we could do of like, how do we look at the bigger picture? How do we start to, to encapsulate this whole thing? So it's not just the end result is this. It's, there's so much more to that. That right. frustration wasn't just there because you did that. There's, there's, a bigger, there's a bigger situation going on. Right. And so I, I think um, that's the first thing that we would say. If, if we were to put some phrases here, the first phrase would be this. Um, join her in her journey. Um, and so if you're finding yourself in a position of, of wanting to be served, um, uh, that kind of falls back all the way to Adam and Eve when God said, here's the deal, wives, your heart's going to be for your husband and he's going to lord it over you. Another way of saying lord it over you is demand to be served by you. Mm. And that's not good. That's part of the curse. That's part of the yeah. sin. And so if you finding yourself in that position of, of demanding that your wife serve you, 
God is saying and screaming at you, flip the switch. Yeah. And when we're talking about join her in her journey is serve. There was a study done recently that um, the most romantic thing uh, for married women um, that, that they find just like uh, a turn on is when the husband does the laundry. Not the dishes, not the vacuum. Uh, the vacuum? Do, do we do vacuuming? the vacuuming? <laughs> vacuuming? That's how much we're good with vacuum. When they do the vacuum. <laughs> Honey, I'm doing the vacuum. <laughs> like, how do you... You know, you should actually get off the couch and move around the room to do the vacuum, the vacuum. sweetheart. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, anyways. Oh, man. But, but the laundry, to, to, huh? To many of our family structures are, are, are such a way that the the guys have certain roles and the, the women have certain roles, and many women default to the cleaning of the house, the maintaining of the kitchen, and um, laundry. And laundry is this obnoxious, never-ending drumbeat of like dirty clothes have to be cleaned, dirty oh, clothes have all to the be time. cleaned and folded, dirty yeah. clothes have to be. And and if we want to join her in her journey. Not again, not to manipulate her to get something from it, but just because we love her and we want genuinely what's best for her, then part of that is to wrestle with what does it look like to serve her in her journey? To alleviate stress. Correct. And so maybe that means rather than just being the guy that mows the lawn because the outside of the house is my domain and you take, we sit down and go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fold the laundry with you. Yeah. You know, I'm Even gonna, if it sucks. Right. Oh, it's, it will. It will be horrible. And even if, and here's the deal, even if after you fold the towels, you realize there's a right way and a wrong way to fold the towels, and she corrects you because you see her folding all the towels you just folded, Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Learn how to fold them right. Correct. Just do, <laughs> just, just listen. You know, and learn how to fold your shirts Join right. Join her in her journey. Join her in the journey that she has. And here's the deal. When you're folding laundry next to your wife, you start to hear stories. Yeah. You start to hear about her day. Correct. You start to hear about what's going on, and you have a chance to share about your day, which kind of goes to the next one. Join her in her journey and then listen to her story. Yeah, listen to her story. Yeah. I think there, there's a big part of that, that as you're truly listening, uh, you, you begin to hear good and bad. So you hear the frustration, so you can kind of begin to put this puzzle together. Women are always going to be a mystery. So at least for me, they are. I've never figured out. You know, once you think you got them, you're like, crap, where'd that come from? How did you? And so as we listen, we realize, man, the things that we really like are, you know, I like to come home and the bed is made. And I'm like, I don't care. I love what Jim Gaffigan said. He goes, I plan on getting back into this thing soon. It's like, it's like tying your shoes when you take them off. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, but so I don't care. But, but if it means that much to her, right, I'm going to make the bed because it speaks a language that I'm not speaking currently to say, I hear you. Right. So, so in a, in a bigger chasm, it's you're hearing the story and you're going, wow, there, there's a couple of big button items that I could do every day. I get out of bed. I can make that bed. It takes about three minutes, but it leaves a lasting impact. They may never say anything about it. Now, your wife may not care about the, about the bedroom, but she may care about the magazines that are all over and you right. pick them up and you, or whatever. Or the folded clothes that she put on the bed and you haven't put away yet. Correct. Not saying that ever happens in my house. Never. Never happens in my house. I don't ever kick them off at night and then... <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, really, you're clean, you're doing them again. But, but I also think, and my warning with this, listen to her story, is um, don't fix her story. Just listen. 
and, and, and it's cliche. I know it's cliche. We hear it all the time. But we have this overwhelming compulsion to fix things because we're object-oriented. Most guys are object-oriented. Yes. And being object-oriented is um, a find a problem, fix the problem, and then the object is is good. Right? Yes. And the, the things that your wife, the story that she shares has nothing to do with trying to fix it. Yeah. It's just this verbal connection that she's longing for. Yes, yes, yes. And so to listen and ask inquisitive questions and remember the names of her coworkers and things that that um, honestly are difficult at the first few times you're, you're trying it become really important to her yeah. because it's telling her, oh, wait, wait, wait. He values me more than just what happens at the end of the night. You, you, know, you know those times when you, when you just have to talk to someone and go, let me get this off my chest, and you say right. it, and you're like, I don't know why I was so angry about that. Right. I, I think this is some of the alleviation of that is for them to go, here's my story, and you can just listen. Yep. And instead of going, you know what, you should have, you should have done this, and then they get angry. Yeah. It's just, no, 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 I'm just going to listen. I'm going res- to respond by serving you after this. So, so the action isn't, you know, honey, if you had just done this, or man, if you got up at five thirty and started doing that laundry, we could fix. It. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like whatever it is, it's, it, it's stopping to go. Okay, how can I serve you in this? Right. You know, in, in the midst of this, listening to her story. Well, one, and, and one more thing with the listening yeah, yeah, to yeah. the story, um, women, um, and there's been study after study after study, are naturally gifted at multitasking much more than men. And there's a whole host of reasons: brain science, chemistry, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. else. Men, we suck at multitasking. Waffles or spaghetti. Right. And so I have no clue what that means. So guys <laughs> guys think, so if you look at but a guy. But I'm hungry now. Okay, yeah, I know, exactly. So so guys are waffles. You know, I mean, and quite frankly, a man can go into war, you know, uh, fight a battle. Right. And then walk. Okay, for example, when you, when you were younger and your friends got into a fight and you literally got into a fist fight with a friend, the right. next day you could come up and go, hey, you want to go hang out yeah okay but a woman those thoughts come together and the emotions and thoughts all weave together so they can be thinking about 11 different things right and it's funny how you know even dealing with with young girls and like the bitterness that they have with their friends and how it lasts for so long and you're like i don't remember why as a guy i was mad at my friend last year but they remember well three years ago she said this about me right it's this idea that their thoughts all run together whereas guys are in blocks right so what this means is um there's this crazy thing. It's called a remote control. And I guarantee on that remote control, there's a crazy button. It's like two lines. Just chink. And and it means pause. Pause. Don't point that at your wife and pause her. <laughs> point it at the TV and pause the TV. Oh, could you imagine? Be- oh. <laughs> there's, because here's the deal. Y- you suck at multitasking. Yeah. Just Maybe there's a moment of clarity. Wherever you are, just say, hi, my name is Travis. And I suck at multitasking. There it is. And so what you need to do is have a moment of clarity. And when your wife is starting to share her story from her day or whatever, pause the TV. Pause it. Because you and I both know you may be looking at her, but you're absolutely listening to the TV. And you will catch glances of that TV Mm -hmm. because you want whatever. Just pause it. Just pause it. Yeah, just. And move on. Yeah. So join her in her journey. Learn to listen to her story. And the next one is invite her to your reality. And so when we mean invite you in, invite into her invite her into your reality, we're not talking about okay. Now you listen to my side. It's <laughs> it's it, it's. Let this me is tell not you a, where you're wrong. Exactly. Woman. <laughs> this is not. It is. It is you. You have listened to her. You have primed the pump to be engaged in her world, and then you begin to invite her into your reality of, honey, I want to help you, or I want to do this. 
here's what here's where here's how I think here's how I actions because we forget that that when we got married we became one flesh correct and, and that's not a sex thing no it's not that's just like a sex that, thing like in the Hebrew that that whole concept was like this entire being yes you, you you mentally begin to think about things not as an I versus you it's a we um, yes. relationally it becomes a we um, emotionally it becomes a we it's no longer two separate parties there is this intimate you know, reality that happens there. And we often, you know, as guys, because we're object wired, we're like, the object is sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two bodies becoming one. <laughs> I would say. I'm not done yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go. I, w- I would say the, <laughs> the red flag is how many passwords do you have that your wife doesn't know about? Ooh. You know, how many things do you do that she doesn't know? How many times do you go to grab a meal at, at a fast food place and you don't and you feel like you can't tell her those things are things you need to kind of begin to walk through and go why right why do I have these things from her because when we're one flesh it wasn't just the physical side it was the mind it was the body it was the spirit the fact that we are now one flesh all together and you believed in the beginning even if you didn't say this in the beginning that you could do greater things together for God Right. Then you could separately. Right. So that's the challenge is, is where are you, where are you torn apart from her when it comes to the, those things? Right. Those and, and, and I think a, a real practical thing is uh, often we feel like we don't want to burden them because we, we're protectors. And so we want to yeah. protect them. So we don't share with them the stresses at work. We don't share with them the stresses of finances. We don't until the, it hits that tipping point And then we blow up and it becomes yeah. this obnoxious argument or fight instead of saying, no, 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 no. She has gifts and skills that I desperately need to survive. Yeah. And and our lives are easier and better because we're learning to cover for each other's weaknesses. And so the very issue that's causing me stress at work, she may actually have insight into yeah. that can help alleviate that stress and actually make things go better. But the longer I try to hold it to myself, figure it out my own and protect her from having the stress that I have is actually doing more damage to the relationship. So inviting her into the reality is saying, are there areas of your life that you don't want to talk to her about? But maybe that's the very thing you need to start to talk to her about yeah bring that in and it's amazing how much and i know you could you could share this travis how much our wives are are honestly led by the spirit more than we are all the time i'm like dang like she always seems to have have a (sighs) one-up on on the spirits leading and like you know because i'm always like honey what do you think about this and it's not a permission thing it's a i truly desire her wisdom she's got a lot got a lot to offer when it comes to that, and so it's like, what do you think about this? You're inviting her into your journey by saying, I'm, I want you to have authority into the other half of this piece of flesh that you are. Right. Because as you move, she moves. Right. Even right. though you, you may not see it like that. Dude, I have a great story about that. But, um, I was in youth ministry for a while, and there was this counselor that I was working with and mentoring. And, yeah. um, and uh, my wife was also in the ministry. And finally, after a few months that this other counselor was there, my wife finally took the, had the guts, and she goes, I don't like that person. And I'm like, sweetheart, we're a team. Yeah, we're, we're a team on youth counselors. We 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 can't do that. She goes, and so I asked her. I was like, well, why? She goes, I don't know. I just don't like her. Mm. And I'm like, and I I was like, oh, well, it's just petty girl stuff, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Fast forward a few months, 
this was the counselor that was buying alcohol for some of the kids. Wow. And, you know, um, Friday nights was connecting because this counselor saw it as a friendship thing, not as a discipleship thing. And so she was trying to be a friend to these high schoolers rather than discipling these high schoolers. And my wife picked up on that long before the data was in because she just intuitively was like, I can't put my finger on it, but I don't like this situation or I don't trust this person. And so I learned... Um, over the first few years, oh my gosh, I need to have her in those conversations. I need to yeah. have her in those places because she's picking up on things that I am completely ignorant to. Yeah, and yeah. I've got to trust her when she genuinely goes, "That's something's not right there." I've got to pause and trust her and really investigate that because she she's re- so much better at that than I am. You yeah. know, and and you won't get that blessing. Yeah. You won't get that if you're not inviting her into your reality, if you're not inviting her into your own story. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, cause some, some would throw out, you know, these quote unquote, super spiritual guys would be like, well, the woman is the weaker vessel. And I'm like, punch him in the face. Well, yeah, I mean, and not I know the that, woman punch the guy yeah, exactly. that thinks that, but, but, but I, you know, and I know the scriptures throw things at that, but that's not the connotation there. This idea is that they are sensitive to the spirits leading in ways that we're not, that we're like, we're just going to go charge that mountain. And they're like, wait, what? Let's try this. Or I feel like God is saying this. And for us to begin to, again, bring her into our reality. This all is the end result of the touchdown we're talking about. These are the first down wins. Right. We begin right. To, to pour into them our heart. And we meld not just the physical, but the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental side of who we are as one flesh. So that kind of brings us to the last one. So, you know, we have this idea, join her in her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to her story. Um, invite her into your reality. And yep. the, the final point that we would just say is this. Serve with purity. Yeah. Let me say that again. Serve with purity. And what we mean by that is simply this. Often, if we're honest with ourselves, we serve with ulterior motives. Yeah. Okay. It's something that we learned early on and it's something that we have to break ourselves from. When we go on a date, for instance. Yeah. 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 When we go on a date with our wives, are we there just to hear her story and join her in her journey? Or are we there thinking, if I invest in this date, I'll get some nookie nookie at the end. Yeah. And and what we're saying is if that's the pattern you've established in your relationship, think about that for a second, because now it's becoming almost a financial transaction to have the touchdown. Correct. If I invest in a meal with you, you will then provide me a service. Correct. And that's not what marriage is about. Not at all. Not at all. and, And so to serve in purity is to say, don't worry about nookie nookie. Like, just do these things because it's what we're called to do. And whatever happens will happen at the end of it. Just enjoy, like, run the straight line. Get the two yards. Yeah. It doesn't matter because at the end, the the, the true joy of marriage is not the nookie nookie. The true joy of marriage is actually the intimacy and the the depth of that relationship and the depth of those conversations and the reality that you will realize, wait, I'm not alone in this world. And I've invited her into some of my hurts and some of my fears, and she hasn't betrayed me or used those against me. Oh my gosh, I can really trust this woman with the big things as well as the small things. And the nookie nookie, that that almost becomes secondary to everything else. And too often we over-prioritize that, and we miss out on the beauty and the richness that God created us to have with yeah. this spouse. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, we forget, you know, me- remember your wedding day when you're standing there in the aisle, yeah. you know, and, and 
the doors open and she's standing there. And whatever your, your situation looked like, this idea that at that moment, you realized in its purity that she was a gift from God. And along the lines, you get exhausted, you get tired, kids come in the picture. I think what we want to bring you back to is the fact that you need to remember that your wife was a gift from God. Right. God set her as a help me, but that doesn't mean servant. That doesn't oh. mean just for you to serve, you know, for, for her to serve you and do the dishes and do the laundry and provide those physical needs. She was a gift. And we want to get you back there. You know, most, most affairs happen not because of the physical attraction, but the emotional connection that happens. Yes. Yep. And so even you talk to these guys like, I don't know how, how I got here. It was generally someone else was pouring into them or they were pouring into someone else when they should have been pouring into their spouse. Yep. So we want to help you this week get back to you being enamored with your wife. Enamored. Intoxicated. Oh intoxicated. So we're going to give you a little, little, little bit of homework. You know, I was reading through, <laughs> through the song of Solomon and no, I'm not going to read the fun stuff that right now about <laughs> the gazelles and the mountains and stuff. But if you start looking at this, um, it, it is amazing when you start reading, you know, uh, song of Solomon, uh, chapter one, uh, verse, let's see, let's go through verse nine. It says, I compare you, my darling to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are beautiful with ornaments, your neck st- with strings of jewels. Uh, verse 15, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are like doves. Let me jump to, to chapter two. And, uh, and, and I love this, this one part. He goes, you know, like a lily among the thorns is my darling among the maidens. So he's getting intoxicated. He's, he's not doing anything to her. He is, he is admiring her beauty from even a distance. And, and even it says, uh, let's see, uh, ver- verse 14 to chapter 2. Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the crevices of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your sweet, your, for your voice is sweet and your countenance is lovely. So he's just looking at her and like... <sighs> that's my girl. And, and we're going to challenge you this week. Yeah. Whether it's in the kitchen, whether it's in, in front of your kids, admire the beauty of your wife. Don't ask her for anything. Just remember why you fell in love with her. Right. And just, yeah. And, uh, and I love that. And in some ways, we're asking you to stalk her. Yeah, kind of. in, in a good sense, legal stalking. Just, just, just follow her around and look at her. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. Uh, you're pretty. <laughs> I like your teeth. They're white like snow on the mountaintops. <laughs> yeah, you may not want to say that to her, but anyways. <laughs> but but I, I think that's a really good that's a really good call um, because in a culture that is inundated with uh, physical beauty, um, many times uh, our wives struggle with uh, just self confidence. Yeah, and for us yeah. to genuinely just regularly go, you are stinking amazing. Yeah, you know, to to thank them for the little things that they're they're engaged in and that they're, that they're doing, um, and just remind them, man, I, I love you more today than the day we got married, and I think you are more gorgeous today than the day we got married, and to genuinely mean that because you know, true beauty is not the exterior, but what lies inside. And and you've invested the time to get to know her story on the inside, to be a part of her journey. And, and you've trusted her with your reality. And so now you have a chance to just with purity say, God, you are an amazing, amazing woman. So man, yeah. that's our, that's our yeah. hope. That's our prayer. Um, we take it, rock it and enjoy it. So I would say two things to help you with that. Cause some guys like, how, how do I do this? And and I'd say one one thing is, if you haven't left her a note in a long time, just a little buy a little stick sticky pad note, leave, oh, leave it somewhere. Le- yeah. Leave it on her on her oh. on her uh, on her steering wheel, like That's... for for the next day. 
That's so romantic. You know what I'm saying? That's so romantic. And then, so this other rule, I'm going to peel back like, the curtain like for you. Like a note that would say like, hey, we're out of toilet paper, get some. Correct. Yeah, yeah. we're out of toilet paper and put it on the right way. Right. You know? right. And, um, <laughs> but just, just something like, hey, I'm thinking about you. Right, hey, I love right. you. And begin to build that back up. Other thing, there's this thing I did for a long time. I called it the 338 rule. And it was just random. And I just picked a time in the day and I set a reminder on my phone that just said, text your wife. Right. But it wasn't one o'clock. It was one seventeen, and it was whatever it was. And so sometimes it was three thirty-eight, and I would just set a reminder on my phone to just text my wife and just say, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I love you. Yeah. And so take some time this week to in the midst of this pursuit, as you are Googling over her at home to send her a text and be like, you know, I'm grateful for you. Hey, thank you for this. Yeah. Or there's so much that we can be thankful for. Thank you for standing by my side. Whatever it is. But taking these two things, notes, texts, and Spon- be enamored. Be intoxicated with it. Spontaneously her. do the things that you did when you were dating her. Yes. To let her know that you're thinking of her and that you are enamored by her. So go and love your wives. Go and love your wives. Love it, guys. Um, sign up for the uh, uh, Known Legacy Retreat. Uh, we're still looking for some uh, a gift of a new iPad so our video does, stops glitching. There it is. And uh, we'd love to have that. But anyways, God bless you guys. Love your wives. And uh, can't wait to hear the stories. Info at knownlegacy.org. Have a great day. Peace. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.